What is up, everybody? You're listening to the Crossings Church Podcast, where the problems of life meet the power of God. I am your host, Matt, and we hope you enjoy this sermon. Don't forget to visit us in St. Louis, located on 11050 North Orson Road in Maryland Heights.
I don't know if at your house you're the one who commands the, the remote control. But just to give you an idea, then a statistic here, the average person will change channels 350,000 times in a lifetime. Man, I don't know about you, but that's a lie. And you're thinking, I think it's more than that, right? right? I think I do it more because, like, I keep... And you have, and you have all these, these streaming services now they're coming up with, right? Like, because there's not enough. Because we need more. Netflix wasn't enough, right? They have millions or thousands, I don't know how many shows in there. It's not enough. Because we're still, have you ever felt like that? That you have like five, like you have Netflix and then Hulu and the Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus and uh, there's, there's more than that, right? And, and you still don't have enough. And then you end up just watching The Office again because it's the only good thing that's on show, right? Right, isn't that what we do? Like, I, sorry, I'm guilty of that too, right? I'll, I'll sometimes go back to that. <laughs> but history repeats us. Guys, He's saying here, like, you're going to try, you're going to go after all this stuff, and it's not going to satisfy you. Do you know we have multi-billionaires now? When did we get to that, right? Inflation got so bad. But we're going to have trillionaires someday. And what I'm saying is, when is enough enough? Because it seems like we're never satisfied. I've got I to gotta be the, the best, the most, this. We, life seems unsatisfying. The next thing is that life seems trivial. It seems trivial. In Ecclesiastes 1.11 it says this, No one remembers what has happened in the past, and no one in days to come will remember what happens between now and then. What he's saying is like, man, there are times when we think, are these awesome moments, right? And then all of a sudden it's past, and you're like, man, it's like, gone? It's like your wedding sometimes, you know? I remember my wedding was like, because you're always doing something. You have the dance, and then you've got to cut the cake, and then you've got to do this. And it was this excitement and all this stuff, and, and then you get in the car to leave, and I was like, man, that, was, that seemed really quick. And I'm not saying that weddings are bad. And that's not what I'm saying. But even with, like, fame, when people get excited, they're famous, and they get known, right? You know when, when you put that picture on your uh, Facebook, and it got, the, got up to 200 or 300 likes? Man, it's like, people like me, right? And people like my stuff, and I, I look good in this, and... And then it's gone, right? Sometimes Facebook tries to make you happy a little bit by reminding, hey, this picture got this many likes, right? It was five years ago, but right, nobody liked you that much since then. But, but, this, but this idea that it's, that it's kind of, it's trivial, it's fleeting, right? You got so excited that you, that, you, that you won that championship or you beat, you set the record. And then two days later, somebody set another record and they never remembered your name, Right? And they won't remember that guy after that. Uh, if you've been to, to, to college or universities, you notice their buildings, they have names on them. You know what that's about? It's about trying to be remembered. When you went into that building, maybe if you're in college, and, and saw that, do you remember the name of the building? You might remember it. Do you know what it's about? Probably not, right? There's the, the Williams building. It's like, well, Williams is it, right? The people will not remember. That's what he's saying here. Life seems trivial when you don't know the purpose, when there isn't a true meaning behind it. The next is that life seems burdensome. He says that life seems burdensome. In Ecclesiastes 1.13, he says this, I devoted myself to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under heaven. 
what a heavy burden God has laid on me. He came to the conclusions like, man, why are things so hard? And it seems like, you know, when you're doing the same thing again and again and again, it's like, man, again today, the same thing. And it's like, what am I, what am I giving my life to? Why is, it seems burdensome. You get tired of doing the same thing over again. It just drags on. And, and for what? When there doesn't seem to be a purpose, doing things seems hard and burdensome. Last one, because I know you're tired. You're like, man, I'm depressed now, right? <laughs> that I become, when there's no purpose, I become jaded. Ecclesiastes 1.15 says this. What is wrong cannot be righted, and what is missing cannot be recovered. Man. Ended now, right? It's like it's nothing will come back. The good, the good times are gone, right? That kind of thing. And we get pessimistic. We get cynical about things, don't we? Because, yeah, yeah, right, you can try to do that, but it's not going to work, right? You start looking at people who, are, who seem excited, and you, like, start hating them, right? Because, yeah, your life is going to, right, wait five minutes. You'll understand what life is about. And we get so jaded about things because we feel that, that there is no purpose, that life doesn't matter. It's like, <laughs> you're going to be here. How many years are you here? And then you're done. Somebody else is going to come. You're going to leave your money to that person. What are they going to do with it? That life can be jaded and it becomes dull. And we stop caring. And we get these attitudes, right? Things that seem important are now meaningless. And we think nothing works because it hasn't worked for us. <sighs> right? That's, that's that feeling. You're like, damn, what are you doing with us today, right? It's supposed to be the bake-off and we're all excited. It's not going to get better, I'm sorry. But... The next part. <laughs> but, uh, but Solomon comes to a conclusion in chapter 1 that if you don't know the purpose of life, it's just all meaningless. And he says this word so many times. Meaningless, pointless, there's nothing, right? It's, he says it's like a chasing the wind. Have you ever tried to chase the wind? Right? I was trying to get that, get that wind, right? It's like you missed it, right? Where's the next one, right? It's like the dog running after the car, right? To try to get the tire, right? It's like he never gets it, right? And what would he do if he got it anyway? Right? This idea that it's a chasing after the wind. It's never ending. It's exhausting and hard. So what do you do? Well, when I don't know my life's purpose, then I may try to find it in several other things. So first, there seems like there's no point. What do I do? Let's try to find some purpose. And what do I do? First, I try to find it in enjoyment. And enjoyment and things that I can that, that can make me happy, I can enjoy. There's stuff to enjoy, right? He did the same thing. In Ecclesiastes 2, he says, I thought to myself, now I want to experiment with pleasure and enjoy myself. And this was a guy who was the, probably the richest man in, in the world at the time. And he could, he could have whatever he wanted, right? He could have the best horse and the best carriage, right? The Ferrari, right? Of the of, right, of carriages at the time. He could have the, the be biggest palace, whatever he wanted. But look what he says. But even this was pointless. 
He continues and says, because he tried to get everything he could. Then he says this in Ecclesiastes. He said, I acquired men and women singers. Acquired. We don't do that today, right? It's like, but we tried music and learned music, right? Let music maybe excite me or something. Right? Go to the club. And he says, and a harem as well. This dude had a harem. It was a place full of women that he could enjoy. Because he was a king. He had a lot of wives too. He said, the delights of the heart of man. He's saying, look, I had it all. I had all these things. And guess what he found out in the end? You got it right. It's, it was pointless, right? Not that women are pointless. That's not what we're, we're saying. But he tried this enjoyment. Because it, and it, and it guys, sometimes we try in relationships, don't we? We try in these relationships, and the relationship is what's going to say, all those all those songs that they sing. What was the song that I was hearing the other day? Like, they hear everything to me, right? And you're the reason. You're the reason for my... I'm not going to sing. But, right? It's, isn't it? And we think that relationship is just going to save it, so, save us, so I'm going to do this. And, and then the person isn't as perfect as you thought they were, right? It can be... If we don't have the right meaning, then it's pointless. In Ecclesiastes 2.10, he just said it. He said, I got whatever I wanted and did whatever made me happy. But most of all, I enjoyed my work. There it is. Work is what's going to save you. Just work, work, work. Right? You're like, you know, this is like being sarcastic, right? And he said he enjoyed his work because work seems like something productive. And guys, there's work out there that cure cancer and, and helping people and doing these things, then it seems really good. You know why? Because we are made to have something at the center of our That's why we're always going to try to look for that Because there's, some, there's a hole in here that we need to fill. And if it's not with God, then we're going to fill it with something else. And people get addicted to nothing. We get addicted to sports, don't we? Like, this, like I'm, man, I'm good at this. That's my meaning for being here, right? Everybody knows. I'm good at that laser tag, right? Or that, that disc golf, man. That's disc golfer PC. Right? He's, I don't know where he is, but, right? And, and then you have to have the best things and stuff for the disc golf, and you get all into it. You know what I'm talking about. Having fun. People get excited about having fun. And you got to do these things to, to have fun. And sometimes it gets to these crazy things. You start jumping off buildings, right? right? With parachutes and out of airplanes and stuff because we get that thrill. And it's excitement. And when it happens, then we did it. And then the next day is like, what's the next one? There isn't a deep purpose into it. And work, right? Because work is, there's a, so you think about it. What are you into, right? We always say, oh, I'm into this. Right? I'm, into, I'm into mountain biking. I'm not a great mountain biker, right? Sometimes I wish I was a better one, but right, I fall sometimes. But this idea that that's, what, that's what brings the, right, the enjoyment. In the end, you realize it's useless. It's just trying to make up some meaning, and it doesn't work. The second thing we do when we don't find the meaning is we try to escape. You notice these are all E's here, right? So you can remember it easily. Escape. In Ecclesiastes 2, verse 3, actually. It said verse 2. But 
It may say verse 2 on your thing, but it's actually verse 3. It says this about Solomon. He said, I explored ways to make myself better, feel better, by drinking wine. By drinking wine. And at that time, they drank wine for medicinal purposes, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about, I'm going to drink because I'm depressed. Because everything is meaningless. And he even says there, I also explored ways to do some foolish things, right? I don't know, that's probably the jumping off of buildings and playing, right? That's the, the foolish things you do, bungee jumping, that all came from people who just, I don't have anything to do, what I'm going to do? Jump off a bridge, right? Go into this, this really dark cave. And, try to... and that's the idea, that we try to find these things as an escape. And you know that people do this and become addicted to, to alcohol, to drugs, to, to pills, and all these things. But guys, I'm talking about more, even more than that. That we start eating to feel better, to escape, so we don't think about it. Sometimes we go to exercise, so I, so I look better, and like, right, that makes me, me feel better. It makes, it's an escape. That we buy things, because, and guys, I bought some stupid things to make me feel better. That's the foolish things I think he's talking about here. And you name it what it is. Because there's so many things that we do, the, the binge watching, right? And it seems, you see they say binge watching today, it's like as it is a good thing, right? Binge watching is because I, just, I don't want to deal with myself, so I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to watch the 100 episodes of Lost, right? Because I'm so lost that, you know, maybe this show will make it better. Do you know the, the feeling that you think that things are going to get better? Or, and if they don't, I'm just going to do whatever keeps my mind off of it. That's what we do. If life has no meaning, then just escape. TV, sex, drugs, movies, name it. The last thing here that we do, and this isn't an exhaustive list, but is excelling. We try to find purpose, right? If we don't can't find it, then I'm going to excel. I'm going to be the most, the best, the all of something. And the first is by getting the most, right? If I just get the most, he says here in Ecclesiastes 2.7, he says, I also owned more than any of the kings who lived in Jerusalem before me. Right? Think about that. That people want the most of, like, if I'm going to be good at this, right? If, I, if I'm going to have this, I'm going to have the most. The, the biggest house. Right? The most number of cars. The, the big, biggest, like, the most number of degrees. Right? I'm going to doctorate, post-doctorate, right? What's after? I don't know. Right? Whatever that I can feel, that I can tell people, look, I am the most of this. The second one is similar, is by being the best. That I'm going to be the best at something. Ecclesiastes 2.7 says, So I became greater than any of the kings who ruled in Jerusalem before me. And you know how hard it is with being the best? Because sometimes you know you think you're the best, and you're playing ping, ping pong and beating everybody at it. Right? And then that dude you don't know comes up. And he's going to take your title away. Right? That Chuck Hoffman that I remembered. <laughs> anyway, right? It's personal. Right? But, but we think, and then, and then life is just terrible because now, now I'm not the best anymore. What do you do? I'm going to go look at something else. I'm going to find something else that I'm going to be the best, the most, or I'm just going to go escape because life, mm, right? It's like, it's church, I can't, but, and that's the idea, guys, that we try to escape through all these things. And then what happens at the end is this next one here. 
is all of which will leave me hating my life. Hating my life. Ecclesiastes 2.11 and 18 says, it says, But when I turned to look at all that I had accomplished and all the hard work I had put into it, I saw that it was all pointless. I gained nothing, so I hated life. And I can, I can relate to that so much. Around the time when I was about to turn 30, I had decided that I was going to go look for pleasure and work and career and all these things. And I had, I had those things that I thought were going to bring me what, what is really good. And at the end of it, I hated my life. Because when I looked at it, I was like, man, it's like, this, it really doesn't fill me up. It doesn't fulfill. I hated it. The, then you go to the ultimate escape, and this is what I thought. Suicide. Because suicide is the ultimate escape. That we feel, you know what, that there's no meaning in this life, and it's just pointless. What am I going to do? I hate myself, and I started thinking of ways that I could end my life. Because nothing was good. We have an epidemic of suicide right now in this country. This country has, the country that has the most wealth in the world has a very high rate of suicide. It's the second largest killer of individuals between 10 and 34. Isn't that crazy? Between 10, we're talking about before you're a teenager. And then after, towards 34, so our young people are, feel pointless. They feel that life is meaningless. They're tired of the hurts that they're doing. They're tired of, of people telling them that they're not good enough because they don't understand what the point of life is. So what am I going to do? I'm tired of it, and it's useless, and it's trivial, and it's like, ugh, I'm done. And most of the time it's an anger because they don't, can't find what is really something that's going to bring them joy or that's going to bring them any meaning, meaning. Isn't that sad? So it's not about everything that we have, because we see this happening. We see celebrities that, that are on top of their game ending their lives. Why? And we think, why would somebody do this? Pain. They can't escape from it. It's too hard to go through the hard things of life. If it's just pointless, right? Why would I do it? If you don't have a deeper meaning in life, then the ultimate thing is despair. And we despair. So what do we do? And I know you're all like, man, Ben, what, what, what is this, right? But I want you to understand that I understand what you go through also. I've been there in despair. I've been there where it was unsatisfying, meaningless, pointless, trivial, all the things that we said. And at one point that I decided, you know what, this is pointless. I need to stop listening to myself. And I need to go after what is the real meaning of life and the purpose that I'm here. And that's what I want to get into right now. That the purpose of my life is found when I embrace God. And I know you knew this was coming, right? It had, it had to, right? But most people know that, or sometimes are even in church, right? And have been coming and don't find it. 
and feel like they're separate, like they're alone in solitude and, and nothing can make it better. It's because they haven't really embraced what God is. Let's look at what Solomon said. Ecclesiastes 2.25, he says, No one can eat or enjoy life without God. That's pretty serious, right? He's putting this categorically here. Nobody can do this. He says that all pursuit without God is meaningless. And guys, it's our purpose. The reason we're here, we're a church plant from a church in Winsville. The reason we came to this area is we wanted people to know, look, you're looking at a church, and I, I bring this up sometimes. There's a song by Toby Keith uh, that's called I Love This Bar. I don't know if some of you know that song. And it's a song where it's talking about we got winners, we got losers, chain smokers, and booze. And he goes on this long list of what they got. That looks like our church. Because we have people that have come from every walk of life. But what unites us is that we decided to embrace God. And that made all the difference. He says here in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, When all is said and done, here is the last word. You want the last words? <laughs> These were his last. These were was the end of Ecclesiastes. Worship and reverence the one true God and keep his commands. For this is what God expects of every person. The man who had everything, who had wisdom and knowledge, he's coming to the conclusion that God is the most important. So there are three things to end this. First, what do I have to do first to embrace God? I must exalt God. I must exalt Him. And that's when he says here, worship in reverence. If we really understand the meaning of God, meaning of life, God put us here, God created us, He created you with a reason. He gave you the talents you have so that you could excel in the things that He planned for you. God had a plan. You're not just this blob of, 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 of uh, what do you call it, like of, of cells, right? walking around and pointless. God looks at you and he's like, man, I just... Right? You know when you have a, when you have a kid, you, you have these dreams for them? That's what God, when he looks at you, he says, man, you don't know how many dreams I have for you. I put you here for a reason. And it was to have a life that had meaning and purpose. But when we think about this worshiping God, what is worship? Do you worship God? And you think, yeah, I come on Sundays, right? You come on Sundays and we sing, right? I don't sing very well, but, but you know, I, I hope God's liking my worship. That's the problem. That's not what real worship is. In Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2, and I asked him to put it up here because it's not on your notes. He, uh, the Apostle Paul says this, Therefore, I urge you. You know what urge means? It's like, guys, listen to this, please. This is serious. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know what he's saying? He's saying you exalt God when you live your life for Him. And you live for His purposes. Then you will see your life, that you, see, that you feel like there's no meaning, and you start using it for God. Then all those things that didn't have meaning, with God they have meaning. Because I can use the money that God provided to help other people. 
that my house is a place that I invite people to so that I can talk to them about God. That my work isn't just work. I'm there because there are people I can meet and tell them about God and what he's done. I go to school and we have our campus ministry that I love because I was in campus for like so many years and I loved it. Why? Because you're there with those students all the time and our purpose isn't just there to get a degree. It's there so other people know what God has done for them. And all those things all of a sudden have a greater meaning because of what we do in exalting God. That's Real worship. It isn't coming here on Sunday. It isn't singing as beautifully as you can. It's worshiping with our example in our lives. Look what he says next. It's interesting. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He's saying, look, the world's out there looking for crazy things to make them happy. Don't conform to those guys. But you change, renew your mind through God and his word. Then he says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to have the perfect life, and I know nobody's perfect except for Christ. But you have want to have, is living God's will for you. Then, even the things that were hard in your life, sometimes the abuse that somebody, that somebody gave to you, the mistakes that you made that you hate, that God's going to take those things, and he says, look, you thought that that was all pointless? I'm going to turn what other people plan for evil to you, or you plan for evil, into something good. And you have people here today who teach classes about sexual abuse, whether for men or for women. Why? Not because they like talking about it, but because they've been through it. And today they can help other people to deal with it and not feel like life is even more pointless than you can imagine. People that help others with loss of relationships because somebody died at a certain point. And no matter who it is, it's hard. But others can talk about it because they've been through it. And God says, look, you're going to use this for good, and you're going to help people. People who have sexual addictions. People who have had so many different addictions and things can be helped. Why? Because they went through it, and God change them into something that can help others. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The second thing, to embrace God, I must obey God. And this is one of the, hard, one of the hardest things, isn't it? This idea that I have to obey God, we don't even like that word obey, right? I need to obey, I don't want to obey, I want to do my own thing. But in our pride, you know what we do? We isolate ourselves and try to do everything alone because I am gonna pay, I'm gonna call the shots. And no matter if you're in the you can be isolated right here. Around a bunch of people that want to love you. But you want to keep things on your own because you don't trust and you know how things work and things aren't gonna work because it's meaningless. Guys. Start obeying God. He says, look, obey me. I'm telling you to do things because it's for your own good, because I want to help you. I've made you my children. I gave up my son so I could adopt you into my family. Why? Because I want to give you the best life you can have. That's the purpose of life. The last thing, that embracing God gives me 
purpose in this life, and it prepares me for eternal life. Here's the problem. People want to tell you that you came from nothing, and you're going to nothing. So enjoy this life. So make this life mean something. Guys, I'm sorry, but intellectually, that, that is just wrong. Because if nothing means anything, if I don't have to be accountable, why would I do anything? Why would I help people? Why, why wouldn't I just try to enjoy my life? And God is saying, no, this life doesn't end here. There's eternity to go. And let me tell you about eternity, that I don't know how long you plan to live. Right? I don't know. We, don't, we, we, we think, when the, you know, you have a number. Right? How many of you like, uh, somebody in our teacher service has 55. I'm like, really? pessimistic, right? I'm almost there. Getting close. But, so how many of you, 60 is the, the no? 60? 70. I'm pretty high. Okay, you know, there's 70. 80. 80. Okay, you got some, you got, you start getting better? Let me, let me throw it way up there. One. That's pretty, cra- that's a long time. I don't know if I want that one, right? 100. If I'm doing good, like, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, 80. 120. Two hands over there, Victoria. Yes, I want it. Let me tell you about your 160, 120 this much, okay, the 55 is a little bit but it's, it's this much, you know what eternity is compared, it's highway 70, from the beginning to the end, it's route 66 from the, whatever you can think of that's really, 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 really long, compared to this, right, that's what God's saying, look, you have eternity, you're preparing now for eternity, so if what you do here matters, because of eternity, because do you want to be in eternity with God? Absolutely, anybody would want that. But it matters what you do here. And this time that you have. Make sure that it's what God wants you to do. In Ecclesiastes 12, 14, he says, God knows everything people do, even the things that are secret. He knows all the good and all the bad. He will judge everything. You know what he's saying? There's a judgment now. It's about, did you exalt him? Did you obey him? Or did you do everything you could to have your happiness and your meaning and your things? He knows. I don't know how he's going to do it. He's probably going to play a thing like in show. Oh, you did this. I don't know know how it's going to be. But there is a judgment coming. And I can't, I got to tell you that because God's word says it. We are preparing for eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this. He has planted eternity in the human heart. Have you ever thought of your life? Of how long it is and all that stuff? And have you ever thought of like, what happens when you die? I remember specifically thinking of this. And, and kind of going crazy over it. Because I'm like, wait a minute. What if they, they're going to put me in the ground, right? Or however, burn me. I don't know how it's going to be. But I'm not decided yet. But what, whatever they do, Right? I started thinking that what happens to this this consciousness, right? This this these thoughts and all this stuff. Does it just go away? Is it like dead and like and that got me worried. You know why I think it got me worried? Because God planted eternity in our hearts. That we knew that there was something more, that this isn't it. And let me tell you, this isn't it. And even this isn't the most important it. It's the later, it's the eternal that's important. 
So make sure what you do here matters for eternity. Stop thinking of right now and my emotions and how I feel and i got to feel good now. Think of what changes for eternity. Because you know what's going to be in eternity with you? Hopefully all the people that you told about eternity. Right? At your work, at your school, at the gym, wherever you are. Because if you're not telling them about eternity, do you really love people? And there are times I struggle with it. And I'm more convicted every day that as I walk into places, man, those are people that God loves too. Why is it that I got what's good? I want them to have it also. So what do you need to do today? Because today is another day, right? In the circle, right? Are you going to be here again next year and the year after that? So what if today you could make a decision that changes everything for eternity? There's a card in your, your bullet. Can you take that card out? The nicer paper card. It says on one side, the Protestant church where the problems of life need the power. The problems of life need the power of God. That's what God is saying. Look, I have the power to deal with your problems. But you have to embrace it. On the other side, there's a card to put your information in there. It says, my decision today. I hope you make a decision today that changes things. And maybe that decision is just that first one that says, I want a personal Bible study. Somebody will sit down with you and say, look, this is what God's word says. This doesn't come from us. It comes from his word. All these things that I said, that's why I put these passages up here. Because God wanted you to know what he wanted for your life. You've gone through the studies. And you got to the end, and that obey part is the hard part, isn't it? Obey somebody else. Somebody else is going to get to call the shots in my life. Believe me, I don't want you to get to the point, in, like in my life, where I got to a point where I was like, I'm tired of me calling the shots. Because I see what happens with my life when I call the shots. And I hated it. You can make that decision today and start obeying and God blessing your life. Mark, I would like to be baptized. All it means is that I'm surrendering my life to Christ. And I know it's not all it means. It's, it's an incredible thing. Maybe you've been through some pain of abuse, of addiction, of divorce, of broken relationships. God wants to help you with all those things. Mark something there that will make a change for your life today. I'm going to say a prayer, and after that, the worship team will come up, and they're going to sing a song that will give you some time to reflect on this card. Like some of you might be writing, that's, that's fine. But take some time to, to, to realize that there's a gift here. After that, uh, the worship team will sing another song, and we, the baskets will be passed, and we ask our members to put their card in their contribution, because that's what they decided. That's their, their commitment to God in that way also. But we ask our guests to just put your card in there, not put any money, because we want you to know that God brought you here to give you something incredible, not take anything from you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for, for Solomon, for a man that got to uh, go through all kinds of things and, and show us that it's pointless, Lord. But the incredible thing about, about being able to know you is finding purpose and finding, finding that even the bad things that happen in our life that you're going to use for good. Lord, I know that I've suffered from addictions, from things that I am ashamed of, 
I've made mistakes, I've used people, and I can look and, and know that God, that you have forgiven me, and it all happened because of your son. I want people here to understand that they get to make that decision because of what he did on the cross. That they get to have a life that's purposeful, that's meaningful, that helps others. That at the end, they're going to be they realize that they have a legacy. That other people know God because of them. Lord, I am so excited about church plants going out. That we went out five years ago, almost six now. And we had another one go out a couple, three years ago. And then we have another one going out this year. Why? Because Columbia needs to know more about you. Lord, and help us to be able to be the people that we need to be so we can send people all over this region and all over the world so that others can know about eternity. But help people realize that it's making a decision today that makes that possible, that they mark on that card a change, a decision that is for eternity. Thank you so much for Jesus Christ and his incredible sacrifice that makes all of this possible. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.